0: You're listening to Destination University, a podcast for college-bound teens and the parents and mentors and educators who support them. If that is you, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Welcome to episode number 83. From LA private school to flagship university, meet Brianna of Lawrence University. Our conversation today is going to be awesome. I cannot wait to talk about Amanda Gorman, recruited athletes, large flagship institutions, and finding a home for Jewish students. Uh, And of course, we will of course talk about Lawrence University, which is now one of my new favorite institutions. If you are a college bound teen or a parent of one and you're wondering how to get an admission officer to move mountains for you, you've come to the right place because Brianna is just one of those types. So she will definitely work for you and she's definitely cheering for you. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon, founder of Dream College Academy and College Essay Bootcamp. Welcome to Destination University where college dreams really do come true. Welcome Brianna, this is your first time to the show and I'm so super excited to meet you. And I just learned and realized that you are a California girl, so I
1: had no idea. So that's a huge bonus. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And thanks so much for having me today. I love
0: it. I love it. Um, I am going to put us here so I can see both of us at the same time. I, we, we were folks that are listening. We were just talking just before. And I at the time of this recording, we're late in March, 2021. And um, I said, how is the weather in California? Because even though I'm from California, I'm actually right now in Ohio. And Brianna, tell everybody what you said. What's, what are the degrees right now?
1: about 90 degrees in Los Angeles this week. (laughs) So we get a little bit skipped spring. Hopefully it comes back.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, I am in my uh, cashmere (laughs) turtleneck sweater because it's pretty cold here today. It's sunny, but it it is cold. So anyway, well, I was just loving reading your bio and just getting to know you were a guest on Dream College Academy not too long ago. Um, But it really, you know, today is really a chance for us to, to chat a little bit more intimately and get you know, have have you share more tips and tales, behind the scenes truths and, and things like that. But it was great to see um, your, your background and what you, sort of your journey. So I'm excited to talk for the listeners to hear about your own college uh, journey. So let's go ahead and, and dive in. Let's first sort of just set the scene and sort of talk a little bit about Lawrence. And I know obviously you live, you just said you live in California, but you work for Lawrence University. So explain to our listeners, What does it mean to be a regional officer and share a little bit about Lawrence University.
1: Absolutely. So being a regional admissions counselor means that you typically live in the territory that you manage. So I work with students all over the West Coast in Hawaii, um, and I reside in Southern California in Los Angeles. um, But I do represent the university and there are over. Like hundred and twenty-five different colleges that are outside of California and sometimes outside of the United States that have full-time admissions representatives in the state of California. So I'm certainly not alone. Um, and how I came to Lawrence is kind of a fun story. Um, so I used to work as a college counselor at New Roads High School in Santa Monica, and I got invited on a counselor flyout program called Cows, which is counselors observing Wisconsin schools, um, and I visited. Lawrence as part of that and um, well I fell in love with it so much that I I wanted to work for Lawrence when they posted their regional position so um, that is that true that's true oh my gosh what made you
0: fall in love with it and maybe you were sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but what is that share why you loved it so much
1: Absolutely. I, um, well, I fell in love with the campus. It is so beautiful and I'm sharing my virtual background right now and you can kind of see that behind me, Cynthia. Um, and everyone on campus is very genuine and kind and passionate about something. Um, I was drawn to the university because of a fundraising campaign that was going on at the time, Um, and we actually just completed that fundraising campaign this past summer. We met our $85 million fundraising goal to become an institution that meets full demonstrated need, Um, and so that was really exciting. Uh, I've learned a lot about um, money over the last few years, and so I know that that, um, that account does need to grow before it can be implemented for all students. But we are kind of starting that slowly and surely, and it's really, really exciting.
0: That is so exciting. Congratulations. woohoo! Meaningful financial uh, need, uh, I'm sure, does wonders for just uh, the the boost uh, in terms of what you can do for students. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I love that. Oh, my goodness. So
1: so in your background, uh, what is that building that we're looking at? Yeah, so you're looking, I believe, at our main administration building, and behind me or in front of me is the Conservatory of Music. It's Main Hall Green. Um, It is covered in snow right now, but there is green grass underneath. Uh, My colleagues on campus are all so excited that spring is coming and the snow is melting, and students are lounging in hammocks and hanging out and playing their instruments all over campus again. So um, that's kind of what's going on in Appleton right now. Uh, I'm in Oxford, Ohio, which is a
0: college town myself, er, where I'm located now. And it's true that the uh, Midwesterners uh, will be in shorts and in hammocks at like 55 degrees or something like that, because that seems, or 60 degrees, it seems warm to them. Awesome. Well, um, our, those who follow and really come to you know, this podcast, um, you know, the story of who of each of my guests is, is unique and different in their pathway to college. Who cheered them on? How they sort of you know what which adults helped them along the way? Whether it was a teachers at school or the parents or whatever. So um, we are interested in knowing what was your pathway. So describe your high school experience and uh, leading up to g- senior year, and then then you'll walk us through sort of you know your where you applied and all of that. So go ahead. What led to you up to senior year?
1: For sure. Um, so I grew up in Los Angeles, as we mentioned already, and I attended Harvard Westlake School, um, which is a uh, has a very strong college going culture. Um, and uh, growing up, I didn't really um, know how rare it was that all four of my grandparents did attend four year colleges, um, or I guess they were three year colleges at the time. And. Um, and so I didn't, um, I didn't know how um, how fortunate and how privileged I was to be in that position. Uh, I now know that that's, you know, not the norm certainly. Uh, and so it was always just expected, and um, that I would attend a four year institution after um, after high school, um, and, uh, growing up in Los Angeles is even stranger to have two parents who were born and raised in Los Angeles as well, um, and both of my parents attended UC institutions, um, and they really loved that experience, and they wanted, um, all of their children to attend four-year flagship institutions, um, in any state, um, because we all know that admissions to UCs has changed since, uh, since my parents went to college, so, um, we kind of opened that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now
1: for um those who are for those
0: parents who are maybe at the beginning is the start of their college admission journey, maybe eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. Um, what is a public
1: flagship institution? Absolutely. So that um so every state in the United States does have public colleges. Um and so the public flagship institution is typically um like the main institution, one that gets the most funding might have the sports team you see on TV. Um, In California, fortunately, unfortunately, there's a little bickering going on. If you see Berkeley or UCLA is the flagship institution. Um, But in other states, it's not quite as ambiguous as that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. So uh, like I mentioned, I'm here in Ohio. So Ohio State is the flagship institution here. And um, Right, so Berkeley was the first founded uh, and, then, and then UCLA, but yeah, uh, there's a little, definitely some rivalry there for sure. Okay, so your parents opened it up and said, we want you to apply or, or you, we want you to attend any, any flagship institution across the country and wherever that may be. So how did you go about selecting your list of colleges of where you would apply?
1: Absolutely. So I had two older brothers, and uh, my oldest brother attended University of Wisconsin-Madison, and my middle brother attended University of Arizona. And I, um, as a third child, was like, I'm not going to go where they went. Um, And so I knew um, I wanted to attend a college that... um, Got some snow um, and got weather, different weather than we have here in LA. Um, I wanted to attend an institution where I had family um, nearby. Uh, that was important to me. Um, and it was important to my parents that we all attended schools with a fairly large Jewish population as well. So that kind of um, informed and narrowed my search.
0: Oh, I love, okay, so I love this um, because uh, I, I did uh, my graduate work in. New York City which has a large Jewish population and there's a pocket of of LA that also Jewish population so how does one go about finding whether it's Jewish or whatever whatever community that you're kind of looking for can you just shed give a couple of tips on how
1: someone would would go and figure that out absolutely so just checking on each school's personal website you can see a list of clubs and organizations and so if you're really specifically I have a lot of students looking for um, like model UN or mock trial or speech and debate and things like that and it's really easy to find those kinds of things when you just go search the clubs and organizations um, website Um, for Jewish life in particular the Hillel website is really great Um, it has a search function and a feature where you can um, see which colleges have a Hillel and um, it has some basic information listed there about the demographics of the campus.
0: Oh gosh, I I often say that I'm a a JV Catholic myself, but I'm pretty sure, I think it's the Newman Center if you're looking to like for a Catholic community, Um, but I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, there's certain specific things that you're looking for. Awesome. Okay, so it came down to senior year and you applied to a number of flagship institutions. And then what was the, overriding factor that it got you to, to choose um, uh, where you went when I haven't, I'm not sure if you've said it already. I don't want to give it away. I haven't, but cool. I can. So, so uh, so you go ahead, let, let, let it out. So go ahead. How did you choose your school?
1: For sure, so I graduated from the University of Maryland College Park, and I didn't actually start there. So, um, when I was a senior in high school, I applied to a couple of UCs, the University of Colorado Boulder, uh, University of Connecticut, University of Massachusetts, University of Vermont, and University of Maryland. Um, Those were kind of my top contenders at the time. Um, And I actually attended University of Massachusetts Amherst um, for my first semester of my freshman year only. When um, I got to campus, I pretty quickly learned, realized that it was not a super great fit for me. Um, and so I, you know, called my admissions counselor. I think I emailed her in October and I said, I think I made a mistake. Can I come to the University of Maryland next year? And she said, what about next semester? Um, and then that was kind of history from there. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay, wait, say that again. You called. Your high school count. who did you call? I called the admissions counselor
1: in oh, the University of Maryland admissions
0: University of Maryland. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. You called there, and, and they said, come on down. Wow, that's amazing. Now, of course, obviously, you graduated from there. Um, and what was your experience? Like, what did you major in? Share
1: a little bit about that part of your journey. For sure so i tell students all the time that i changed my major four times and that is totally true um so i started as a psychology major and um that is the so there's two majors at maryland that are tied for most popular and so um, there are about four thousand psychology majors at university of maryland so the classes are very large um and i wasn't sure that was for me so i transferred over to the tied for second most popular major, which is criminology and criminal justice. Uh, My dad is a lawyer and he, I was his last hope to have a kid be a lawyer. So I was like, maybe I'll do that. Um, And it didn't take me too long to realize I'm not cut out to be a lawyer. Um, And so then I uh, dabbled in secondary education and English um, and finally landed on family sciences.
0: Family sciences. Okay, there's one I don't hear very often. So. Okay, let me just pause for a second because you've dropped, as far as I'm concerned, two bombs. And I like to call them golden nuggets to our listeners. Um, If you're taking notes like I am old school with pen and paper, or if you're taking notes on your phone, um, there are twice that Brianna has just said that she changed her mind. And what I'm hearing loud and clearly is the sky didn't fall down, nothing happened. She's still here to tell the story. And after probably just shortly into the first semester of freshman year in college, she realizes she had made a mistake. And she was proactive about it and making that call to the college admission office of, of the institution that she thought she maybe should have otherwise chosen. And voila, there was a spot for her. So she does that. And then she goes there and changes her major, not twice four times, she said, everyone, did you catch that? She changed her major four times before settling on family sciences. And there is where she found her home. So it's okay to make changes and it's okay, sky is not gonna fall down, so not to worry. And did you graduate within four years or did did that affect anything,
1: your changes? No I graduated within four years. Um, I would say you know lucky for me I didn't want to change to music performance or engineering or um, any of those majors that do truly take four years um, of coursework Um, so I was lucky in that regard.
0: Mm, I love it okay awesome anything else that you want to share about your high school experience or anything that you were involved in that was relevant to maybe knowing or uh, like looking back is there something that you did as a younger teen that would have uh, given you a, a, a little nudge saying, this is kind of where you are gonna end up majoring and what you wanna do in your life.
1: Um, well, I always knew I wanted to work in a high school or with high school students, but I wasn't super passionate about any subject area to teach. Um, and so I kind of always um, was a little bit interested in school counseling and college counseling and all of that. and. Just on my high school years, I think it's really important to do your own thing. Um, My college search and experience is not typical for a Harvard-Westlake student, certainly. And so, um, and that's totally okay. Um, And so I just think it's really important to, you know, not always listen to peer pressure or what everyone else is doing, um, and that it is important to follow your own path in that way.
0: Uh, Brianna, thank you so much for saying what you just said. Um, those of you who are, are listening and you're like, you know, you don't know who Harvard Westlake is and no worries, you're not alone. Um, but, uh, Harvard Westlake, and much like, um, I don't know what other people would know. There's Sidwell Friends and Punahou and I'm trying to think of some East Coast, um, boarding schools, mm. uh, high pressure, uh, to, um, well, as you said high college-going culture, I and mean, pretty much everybody goes to a four-year institution. Um, I don't know, maybe the occasion where there's someone goes to culinary school, I don't know, perhaps <laughs> within 10 years, maybe there's one, right? Um, but most of the, let's just say it out loud, most of the students there are applying to at least one Ivy League school, if not multiple, and all of the, the UCs, the top-ranking UCs, you know, that's an oxymoron, I guess, but yes. Um, so I love that you, were sort of going against the grain and sort of was just true to yourself and and true to really, it sounds like what your family wanted for you, for you as well. So, awesome. You must've had a great um, college dean, Mike. Mike Bird was very, really supportive of you, I'm guessing. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> uh, okay, so my question is, um, My my book is called Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens. It's all about the college admission process. So share with our listeners what is your best um, tip um, or truth um, in this process so that everyone really understands um, and, and you can help to demystify this process for everybody
1: sure. Um, I just, I think people don't know that there are over 4,000 colleges just in the United States and not including, um, you know, abroad and students in the U.S. certainly go to college abroad as well. Um, Most colleges admit more than 60% of the students that apply, um, and there are going to be a lot of colleges that you've never heard of. Um, and that's okay and it doesn't mean that they're not awesome Um, and you know Lawrence University when I first visited was certainly not a school I knew a ton about and it's an amazing amazing place and I love it so much and I wouldn't have had um, that experience if I hadn't visited and so um, just knowing that there are hidden gems out there um, there's a lot of them actually and just keeping an open mind to them will definitely benefit you in the long run.
0: Absolutely, um, yes. And to, to stick on this point for a second, um, I was listening, I, I interviewed Ken Enselman, um, also from Lawrence University VP there um, a while back. And so I was re-listening to prepare for this interview, as was re-listening to him. And I asked him, and I'm gonna ask you the same question. Um, what kind of student who's listening right now uh, that's never heard of Lawrence? You know, what should they know? Who would be attracted to Lawrence? What, can you describe? who that might be, and, and it could be a, a wide variety, but maybe just pick a few things that uh, students would, um,
1: wouldn't otherwise think of. For sure, so we are first and foremost part of the Colleges That Change Lives Consortium. So we are in Loren Pope's book, if you've read it, you can um, get to know us there. Um, we are a fully undergraduate institution, but we do have a conservatory of music on campus and about a quarter of our students are majoring within the conservatory. So um, music is a big part of our life and we do have a five-year double degree program. So for students who want to earn both a Bachelor of Music and a Bachelor of Arts in five years, you can certainly do that on on campus um. It is required to live on campus for all four years. Um, Our student to faculty ratio, faculty to student ratio is eight to one, which is one of the smallest in the country. Um, I will say that no one gets to Lawrence on accident. Um, We are in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, We are in Northwest Wisconsin. Um, And uh, people really want to be here, um, whether they're regional or on campus. They really want to be at the institution. Um, And all of our students are passionate about something. It could be uh, climate change, it could be football, it could be baking cookies, it could be cello, it could be anything, but our students are definitely passionate about something.
0: Um, one of my favorite things um, is the conservatory, and actually since I'm um, talking with Ken, I have recommended Lawrence to some other students that I work with either privately or through the SC camp program, um, but I love the five-year um, conservative the the you can get a bachelor's in music and a bachelor's of arts and also did you guys catch what she said about a quarter if I heard you right about twenty five percent are um,
1: doing a, like a double major is that the best way to say it? Um, so some students so a quarter of our students are majoring within the conservatory in some way. Okay. Um, about half of those students are pursuing the double degree program. Okay. Um, so it is a large amount of those students and then we have a lot of students who will either minor in the conservatory, um, or just, um, any student can audition for an ensemble or be um, engaged in the con. So it's really, um, it's not a harsh, this is the conservatory and this is not the conservatory. We really want overlap. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I love it. My roommate in college was an oboe player and, uh, which, and the oboe was an instrument. Of course, I had never been introduced to. I had no idea what that was, so super cool. Okay, so you've been working in this industry now for some time, for for several years, and on both sides of the desks, as we say, the shipping and the receiving ends. And um, so share with our listeners um, one tale or or a couple of students who stick in your mind and why do they stick in your mind? and this one name that I know you're going to share, maybe share her second <laughs> and start with the, okay. the football player.
1: <laughs> for sure. So, I am working with a student this year who is really incredible. Um, I will call him Ryan. Um, and he um, is applying to Lawrence and he's being recruited for our football team. And um, he is um, a pretty high need student. Um, and so, we this year um, were able to. Um, Offer to meet full demonstrated need for students who applied early decision to Lawrence. And so, uh, when I was working with this student and this family, um, you know, we interviewed him. The coach met with him. We were engaged with him, and he is a perfect fit for our community. He mm-hmm. is open-minded. He is outgoing. He loves football. He's maxed out the rigor at his high school. Takes classes at the community college. He um takes care of his brother with special needs. He's close with his family. He has great, strong values. He is awesome. Just awesome and so we wanted you know how what's the best way we can help this student get to our campus and so um talking with his mom and him many 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 times throughout the process um, we did um actually get him to apply early decision so we could give him the best financial aid award possible and he um, is planning to attend lawrence in the fall and i am so excited and i can't wait um to see how he really blossoms on campus i'm really excited
0: oh my gosh that's so exciting Congratulations. That is, Thank that's you. a great story. It's a great story. I'm so glad he's coming. Oh, so good. And okay, so that's a, a tale for you being on the receiving end. And I know that you have a tale or a student that stands out from when you were on the shipping end. So go ahead and share that story. And in a minute, this everyone's going to know who you're talking about. So go ahead.
1: For sure. So, um, when I was at New Rose High School, I had the pleasure of being Amanda Gorman's high school counselor. Um, and so, you know, seeing her today is so amazing and incredible. And, um, you know, she is just who she's always been, um, which is awesome. Um, and so working with her was really fun. Her group of friends, um, they, there were about five of them and they were all really incredible. Um, and, um, yeah, it's awesome to see her doing great things um, in high school. She you know always wore a yellow headband, so she's been rocking the yellow for a long time. Um, <laughs> and um, it's really cool to see to see her blossoming now and being so successful.
0: So if you're listening or you're watching um, this uh, podcast right now and you're googling Amanda Gorman because you don't know who she is, Brianna, um, go ahead and share um, who why everybody figured out who she was on January. 21st, 2021.
1: Yeah, so she was the poet at the presidential inauguration for Joe Biden, um, which was really awesome. Um, but her poetry career started a long, long time ago. Um, and she was the first youth poet laureate of Los Angeles. Um, and so she, um, that was uh, awarded to her when she was in high school. Um, and she um, has been really involved in writing and poetry ever since.
0: Right, and so the, the point really here is, is not that she's, uh, you know, famous or a little mini celebrity now, but the point that I want you all to hear is that Brianna said, just said, Amanda Gorman or someone like that, who gets to, this, to, to a place and she went to Harvard and um, I'm not sure if we said that, but she went to Harvard and um, then was the, the poet at the inauguration. That doesn't happen overnight. This has happened by accident. It happens because she's been working on her poetry and writing for years and years and years. That would be the same for someone who is training to be an Olympian or someone who's, you know, training, you know, whatever your thing is. And so um, Brianna is just reinforcing the fact that when you knew her as a, as a teenager, um, she was in, I'm not sure if New Roads is
1: just high school or is it K to 12? I'm not sure. It's K to 12. And she um, was I believe she was in my first class of students who could go K through 12. Oh, okay, okay. So probably
0: she was, you know, had always been writing or good with words or reading or whatever, learning, learning more and more words to that rhyme. I actually read something or heard some, maybe a podcast about Eminem, the, the artist uh, uh, songwriter would study the dictionary, um, looking up words and finding new words to, you know, to, to rhyme and stuff. So there you go, everyone. You want to be the next Amanda Gorman start writing right now. Uh, So I like I like our listeners to understand that um, this process is not objective. Right, the college admissions process is not. You know, we don't put in numbers and spit out a list of who's admitted. It is, but it is subjected to humans. We are human. So I just want people to know and understand you. So share with our listeners, why do you do what you do? What what gets you up every morning to keep doing this, this job?
1: For sure. Um, I love the work that I do. I love getting to work with teenagers and their families and high school students and counselors. Um, just, you know. There's so much excitement around the whole process and, um, you know, the future, right? When you're 16, 17, 18, your whole future is ahead of you, and um, we get to play a little part of it, and it's so uh, exciting and really a privilege to be able to do that. Um, and honestly, I'm my team at Lawrence is really wonderful and incredible, and um, being uh, part of such a talented and passionate team makes makes it really easy and fun to do my job as well. I love it. So, um,
0: and Brianna's um, words to me before, um, you know, in preparation for this, um, she talked about really moving mountains um, for for students. And I, I don't think she's unlike many people who are in this industry who would do, I mean, what you describe what you did for, the student you called Ryan, um, you said you were on the phone a number of times and having multiple conversations. And I'm gonna assume, I don't know if you said it specifically, but not only with him, but his family. I mean, this is a family process, it's a family journey um, where a family um, gives off their child, you know, and hands them off to basically do the, the next leg of work of, of shaping their young boy into a young man and to a young adult. Um, is really quite an honor um, uh, you know, for a college to, to accept that. So I love the way you described all of the pieces that had to come together for a student like Ryan, um, but you were willing to, to, to do that and take those, take those calls at, at any time. So anyway, okay, so we're gonna wrap up here. I took my notes, you guys, you know what I say, write down, there's golden nuggets everywhere, but I'm gonna try and encapsulate things that um, Brianna shared with us today. So as always, um, our guests like to, you know, we get them to share nice tips. Hopefully, those are practical tips that she gave you, and some good tales that you can um, that you can stick and have stick in your mind, and some truth, just the truth about the human process that that we are in. But here's the truth that I really took away, that I hope you did too, and I'm just going to reiterate what I said earlier, and that is, change. It is okay to change your mind. It is okay to change um, in terms of what your friends are doing, don't do that. Be your own person. Be the own you know your own change that you want to be. And she changed semesters, um, she, she changed schools after first semester, and then she changed uh, majors four times. The other key thing here that's a real truth that I really want you to write down is the relationships. The relationships you build as early as you can, whether it's starting freshman year, or sophomore year, or junior year the relationships, she was able to pick up the phone and call the University of Maryland, the admission office and figure out what she needed to do next. So that was a relationship she had. The relationships that she builds with her students that she's recruiting now are relationships that go on. People can pick up the phone. So just understand it's it's okay to call or to email. And um, that I know there are adults on the other side of the phone. Maybe it's scary, maybe it's intimidating. But those people, believe it or not, they're advocating. They're trying to find a reason to admit you. So go out, go ahead and reach out and make those relationships and everything else will fall into place for sure. So from LA, LA private school, the flagship institution, here is Brianna who will move mountains for you. Thank you so much, Brianna, for being with us. We're going to just close out here. So give me a second and we'll wave goodbye to our audience. Just a minute. Let me up here see, see there she is thank you so much listeners and viewers for joining the conversation today we know you have a full plate but thank you for carving out just a bit of time with us here today to thank you so much for your time i have a free gift for you on my website dr cynthia Colon. there are three options so be sure to choose the one that's most appropriate for your team wherever they are on their college admission journey If this episode has in any way fueled your confidence or helped build your dreams, please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. And if you're feeling a little extra loving today, please hit subscribe and or write us a review. It helps other listeners and followers find us. And my mother thanks you in advance for subscribing. Parents, just as a reminder, you can join the conversation and the inside scoop, get the inside scoop on our Facebook group at Destination University, just like the podcast is. It doesn't matter what year your teen or preteen is in high school or uh, middle school. Please join the conversation with other college-bound parents. That's all I have for you, my, my dreamers and my doers. I'm Dr. Cynthia Colon. Remember to please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, wherever you are, may you have a happy and sunny day. Bye for now.